Well, good to have each of you here this morning. And this is that day. Um, this process will make me age. You see, I'm here this morning in my 50s. But the next time I come back, I'll be in my 60s. <laughs> my birthday's on the day that we returned from Africa. Um, you know, two weeks ago, I shared with you what God had put on my heart as to what he wants of me and also some of what he's given me as a vision for the future of our church. And this morning I hope that just some of the things that Stephen and I will be dialoguing here about will, will answer a lot of questions that maybe you have. I'm sure it won't answer every question that you have. My wife always has that one question that I never thought of, you know? <laughs> and that's the one she asked. But, and you may have that this morning. And I want you to feel free in the days ahead to approach Stephen or I and um, ask that question. Um, don't be afraid to ask that. Um, but we just wanted to, to help you to, to have... Uh, understanding of why we're here at this moment in time before you with the, with the question before you of will you accept this as a church body as a direction that we, that we are to go. Um, so how do we get here to this point uh, this morning? I think maybe it began with a prayer I prayed 30 plus years ago and that was that I had grown up going from church to church with my father as he was moved to pastor here in the States, going to the mission field, coming back, going and although I would not take that out of my life at all, there were some stresses that came with that, that as I looked at my family in the future, I just prayed and asked God, if it would be your will, allow me to raise my kids in one place. It wasn't something that I said he had to do, but it was something that down inside I just thought, I would love for my kids to have one place that they know that's home. And God answered that prayer and allowed me to raise our children here and... Um, this is home to them, and it's home to us. And with that answer to that prayer came another set of, of circumstances or problems, if you, if you want to say, because God gave us 10 years, he gave us 20 years, then it was 30 years, and now it's 32 years that we've been ministering here in Hyde. And... and with that comes then another set of issues in the life of a church. And that is, it's nice to have a long-term pastor, but when a long-term pastor leaves, it creates dynamics in the life of a church that can be very difficult. 
for some of you, this is the only pastor you've ever known. There are some kids that have grown up in this church that they have no other relationship as to who their senior pastor is. And for all of you, except Aunt Connie, you have no other connection to any other pastor in this church other than myself. So we've only done it my way. <laughs> and um, whoever follows a long-term pastor, it is uh, hard to make those adjustments. And so as 20 years began to pass, 25 years began to pass, I really began to wrestle with this in my own heart and in my own mind as to, okay, God's answered my prayer, but I have a responsibility to this church. I don't want to see happen what I've seen happen in other churches that have had, after that senior pastor leaves, times of turmoil, times of change. Many times it's a interim pastor comes or a pastor comes and then a year they're gone, I'm out of here. Sometimes it's several pastors down the road before stability comes again. And so I began praying and I just said, God, what do we do? I don't want this to happen. There has to be a way that that doesn't have to happen. And so I began to think, is there a way that we could you could bring, Lord, the person alongside of me that will be that person, hopefully, that can follow and that they can come alongside, can begin to learn the heart of this church, can begin to identify with who we are, begin to feel what it is to be a part of the family of Hyde Wesleyan, to get to know some of the history of our church instead of just walking in off the street when Bob Croft leaves and, okay, what do we do now? Who are you? And so I began praying that way and just asking God how and who that might be. And as I told you two weeks ago, God began to impress upon my mind a person who was serving on our district at the time. I didn't know Stevan before he came to our district, but he was serving in one of our churches down in the outside of Pittsburgh as a staff person. And in the course of the several years, what year did you move to Armbrust? I have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> That's why I picked him, because he has no knowledge of anything. But anyway, it's been a few years ago. He's been on our district. And um, then as I began to think maybe that would be the guy, as I told you, he accepted a pastorate, a senior pastor position on our district. And so I again just kind of backed off in my mind and thought, okay, either that's not it or we'll just have to wait. And then, as you know, when Pastor Dave... Uh, was offered and took the senior pastor position down in Maryland. The opportunity again was there to maybe do something. And so we, at that point, I, I had not talked to the board about it up until that time. Uh, it hadn't been a part of any discussion. But at that point, I, I took it to the board 
and I told them what was going on in my mind. And, and the thing about it is that we have to understand is this. Every pastor is an interim pastor. All right? You get that? Every pastor is an interim pastor. He will not or she will not be there forever. And that's something that I knew, and it's something that we as a congregation have to also process. And this whole thing can end in a couple different ways. As I said, I can retire and leave and say, figure it out. Or I can be a part of that process and the trust and the rapport that we have earned over these years can be a part of what can help that transition, whatever it would be, to be healthy and hopefully to be something that could be for the long-term benefit of our congregation. And so I approached Pastor Steven and began the, the dialogue of what ended up with us sitting here. So you want to share a little bit of that? I think it happened a lot different than what he says. <laughs> he was bored. <laughs> Running down a directory of district pastors and saw the schmuck. <laughs> Pastor Bob called me in, uh, I wrote it down, late, late March 2014. He called me on a day after my wife and I had spent some time in conversation about the way things were going in the church situation we were in in Shippensburg. We were in a church of about 50 people on Easter. Small church, no staff. I was my own secretary, hiring my kids to fold bulletins, <laughs> hiring them with candy. And God called us to Shippensburg. He brought us there. He, he, he had done something in our lives to confirm that that's where we needed to be. And the human part of me was looking for an out. Looking for a way to make things better for our family. Looking for a way to not have to do what we knew we were going to have to do. Uh, Jess and I were both looking into getting full-time jobs outside of the home to supplement the small income the church was able to get for us. We knew God brought us there, and while the human part of us said, we've got to make this, we've got to make our, our, our trek out of here, God was confirming in us that he brought us there and that he would take care of us. And so we told to the Lord, the day before Pastor Bob called us, Jess and I said, we told the Lord as we were driving home from dinner together, God, we're here in Shippensburg, we're in this church, we, you brought us here, we know you brought us here, so if you want us to do something different, this is my catchphrase. You've got to hit me upside the head with a two-by-four. You've got to do it. Because I want to do it. I, I, I want to figure, I want to start looking for something. I want to take matters into my hands. But God, you brought us here, so you, if you want to do something different, you've got to do it. If this is not the path we're to take, finding jobs, trying to hold this church together, if this is not the path, you've got to do something. And the next day, we were feeding ducks as a family. We'd just gotten back to our kids from a weekend away. We're out together as a family, and I get a phone call from Bob. 
that brought us to a moment like this. And honestly, I've told Pastor Bob this, and I've told the board this, and I've told other people this. I thought Pastor Bob was telling me things that he thought I would want to hear. Stevan, I've been watching you. That's a weird thing to hear, right? I started looking around me. When he told me he'd been watching me for a few years, I'm like, that's strange. I'm I'm just this early 30-year-old kid. We went to Africa together, Pastor Bob and I, for my first trip to Africa, and we forged a friendship in that time together, and we've worked together on some district things, and we have a great friendship. Why would he want me to come on staff with him? And he began the next part of the conversation, saying that he not only wanted me to come on staff with him and serve beside him, but he saw something in me that he wanted to see if God was using a relationship that we had together to do what we're talking about doing today. Again, in my 30 couple of years, I thought, he's just telling me what I need to hear to consider coming across. But I knew at that time God was doing something in us. This was the two-by-four possibility. And I told Jess, well, I told Pastor Bob on that first phone call, I was like, ah, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm going to need to spend a couple weeks in prayer. It's the right thing to say, right? As soon as I hung up with Pastor Bob, I grabbed Jess, and my in-laws were visiting, and they took the kids to the far side of the pond, and I sat down with Jess, and I told her what the, the phone call just was. And she said, you're going to call him back tonight, right? <laughs> I said, no, I'm going to call him back in a couple of weeks like a good pastor would. I called him back the next day and said, we, I, I'm... I'm God's doing something here. Let's, let's talk. Again, believing that God was really, truly in this. And Pastor Bob, the next day, I think it was a Thursday, I wrote it down, just a couple days later after that first phone call, he drove from here to our house, and we sat at our kitchen table in Shippensburg. And he just unloaded. He just unloaded his ministry experience at Hyde and some of the things he saw in us as a family and some of the similarities he saw in me and him and our stories and our ministry experiences together. And I just continued to sit across the table going, this is just, I I just can't believe this is happening. And he took us to dinner and he drove back here to Clearfield and Jess and I had conversation and I said, I think, I think he's the real deal. I really think, I really think Pastor Bob loves us. And wants to work together. And we had some conversations with our, our board there in Shippensburg, and we went through the hoops of resigning our position there, and we interviewed with the board weeks later after these interactions here in Clearfield. And just before we went into that board meeting, I reminded Jess that while Pastor Bob had told us some things about a possible transition of his leadership, into the next lead pastor. While he told us that around our table and around uh, the restaurant we went out to and over the phone, while those were a part of our conversations, I knew in my heart that there's no chance he had told that to anyone else, except maybe Cindy. And when we got into that board meeting, Jess and I very quickly in that interview were grabbing each other's hand and squeezing because Pastor Bob was already alluding to conversations that he had had with that board at that time that this was part of the conversation. And I was shocked. I was shocked that a senior pastor would have that conversation 
with his board in that season. I, I thought he was just telling me what I needed to hear to consider coming here to hide. And I knew that the relationship I had with Pastor Bob already was just confirmed again and again that this pastor is a humble leader and authentic to the core. That interview was just supposed to be an interview. We were just supposed to have conversation with the board and uh, we were then uh, gonna see what happens. And at the end of the interview, Pastor Bob excused us and we went into his office and we sat in the office and the board met for a little while longer. We were waiting for Pastor Bob to come get us and I think we were going out to a, a meal together and he said, hey, uh, I, I need to talk to you about something. He said, I, I, I couldn't get them not to do this, but they voted to ask you to come be our assistant pastor. And I was like, Bob, we can't do that yet. I mean, I can't say yes to that. We got, we've got some things. This is crazy. And he said, I know. But they did it. So I went home and we had the final conversation with our board that God was truly calling us here and that we needed to officially resign to the church and move to Clearfield to begin a relationship. That Pastor Bob and I have had this conversation that I, I, I told him, I don't want to come to Clearfield with the promise of a conversation happening for a transition of power in leadership of the leadership, the lead pastor of the Hyde Wesleyan Church. I, I didn't want to come here under that pretense, under a promise that that was inevitable. I, I told him I wanted a way out if I found out you guys were weird. <laughs> and I found out that we are weird together. So that's my side of the story. So as you know, as Pastor Seven came and has been a part of our church life here for these last three years, if you've been perceptive, <laughs> you have known that, as some people have said, I figured something was going on. Because I have tried over these three years to be intentional in giving Steven more and more opportunity to step into roles of leadership, roles of decision-making. And I have told him up front that he could make decisions that were maybe different than mine. And as long as it wasn't a moral question, I'll support you. And the way I told it to him was this, if it fails, I'll take the blame. If it works, you get the credit. Because I want him to begin to earn that in your eyes as a person that you could follow. And um, so I, I began, if you know. Uh, the, one of the very first things that we did was the, I think the first genera uh, generosity giving. Yeah. The first generosity giving, and I let him lead that. Get the FaceTime, get the, the win from that. And I've had him speak at our Christmas services, our Easter services, anytime there were guests with us in a special way. Um, at our mortgage burning service, it was a simple thing. But I let him do that, not just because he was so excited about lighting a fire in here, but <laughs> just the, the symbolism of allowing him to have that. So I've tried to be intentional on my part in making this something that in your minds you begin to, to see maybe as a possibility. And I think some of you have expressed it. I just thought that would, 
you know, this could be the guy that follows Pastor Bob. And so, to be honest with you, this isn't necessarily the best timing for me. I'm not old enough to retire. If this all goes south and you say, don't want anything to do with this, um, or if Stevan gets in and says, Bob, you're out. <laughs> um, you know, I, I still have some years, as I told you two weeks ago, God has released me from leadership, senior leadership here, but he hasn't released me from ministry. And so from that regard, it's scary. It's, uh, you know, you, you take a risk putting your life in someone else's hands, his and yours. And so, but I know my life is in God's hands. And he knows exactly what he wants and how he wants it to play out. And so we felt that, I, I just began to feel in my heart that a couple things. I think one thing that began to go through my mind, okay, it's been three years in this relationship, and from a human point of view, um, I can't string Stevan along for 10 years and say, yeah, someday out there, you know, this might happen. But, and uh, another thing that you need to know is, um, I think we are getting and I, I don't know how to say this, but I think our church is a solid church, but I think you are having the opportunity to have someone come that is, in my opinion, way above our level. There are churches out there that would love to have Stephen as their pastor, some that have approached him. And um, I, I just know that you know, if we don't take advantage of the opportunity while the iron's hot, we could mess up this opportunity God has given to us. So I began, those were things going through my mind. And then last spring, I went to a conference that I was invited to attend, a denominational, it was just a small group of guys and women. But anyway, one of the participants was another, a fellow that I got to, to meet and interact with and here he, as we were kind of sharing our stories, he had gone through almost the same process that I was going through. He had um, been a pastor there for 20 years. He was about retirement age. He's a little older than I am. And he had a, a assistant that he felt that this could be a person that could follow. And he did, had the same struggles with long-term tenure and all of that that I had been processing. And they had gone through this. So they had just been a year or so ahead of us. And they had made that transition. And so I sat and picked his brain for an hour or so. And um, it, God just seemed to affirm in my mind that this is possible. It can work. And it has worked very well in that church out in Iowa. And um, uh, he just confirmed in my heart that, yes, it may be, feel risky and a little scary for you, but I have this, 
and now is the time. And so I approached Evan and said, I can't even remember when we said it, but officially. We I'm sure it was on one of our <laughs> manure spreading operations. <laughs> that is a literal thing. <laughs> yeah. <I figured. laughs> one, of, one of my favorite things with Pastor Bob in our, our relationship, we do a lot of conversation in the hallway, in our offices, uh, but one of the things I have, I have uh, done with Pastor Bob that I haven't experienced previously on previous staff uh, situations is we, we love to work together. Um, <laughs> we love to help Pastor John out. Pastor John has a beautiful garden if you've ever seen it. And it's partially beautiful because we throw poop on it. <laughs> <laughs> and so Pastor Bob will come to my office uh, you know, on some day and he'll say, hey, do you have any time this week to go get a load of manure and help me? And of course, shoveling manure? That's what we do. <laughs> and so the, the, the travel there to, to get the, the truck and to get the manure and to then go work together, shoveling together, it, it's good. And, and the conversations that we have while we are shoveling manure, it, it, it's good. It's unique. And we talk about long-range stuff, and we talk about stuff that we don't talk about in staff meeting on the week-to-week type stuff. We, we do some long-range talking and thinking, and Pastor Bob continues in these last three and a half years. He, uh, we'll be sitting next, we've gone to some conferences together, and we're on the road for hours together, and he'll say, how, how are we doing? Are we, still, are we still on the same page? Is this still, are you still crazy enough to think this through? And I continue to come back and say, yeah, I'm, if, God, if God wants this, God's got to do it. God's got to do it. We, we can't do this. We can't figure it out. We've got to let him, him work. And, and, and so we did. Uh, let me ask this question of us. What, 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 is, what is next? What's the, what's the, time, what's the time frame here? We, we, we've asked, uh, one of the questions I asked Pastor Bob is, why, why now? I mean, and other people have asked that question too, and I think he's answered that very well of what God has been doing in his heart and life to bring us to this brink, this day. But what happens, what happens next? One of the questions that has been in my mind, and, and I've shared with Stephen from time to time, is if we do this and we make this switch, and one of the things about switching roles is that, you know, just on a human level, this is my church too, not just as a pastor, but this is, this is who I am, just as this is who you are in your spiritual life. And it's hard to think about walking out of here and not being a part of it anymore. And so I know that that's a difficult thing to have a pastor who was a former pastor <laughs> be a part. And so... We, we, we looked at it in ways, how can we do this in a way that will allow me to contribute and support, but not take away from his leadership? One of the things that, this was a question Cindy and I had, okay, what's your role going to be? <laughs> Cindy says, does that mean that we'll have to lock up the church now? <laughs> so 
That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, I will be, if this is what you approve, um, what you will actually be voting on today specifically is not my role, but you will be specifically voting to call Stevan to be the lead pastor. He has the, the right to put into place whoever he wants. And so I will come under that. I will come under his leadership. Um, I um, will do what he wants me to do. What do you want me to do? <laughs> you have a key? <laughs> One. You want me to turn it in now? <laughs> uh, you know how awesome it is, first of all, that we get to do this today? This is so cool. You know how awkward it is when Bob, a month more ago, walks into my office and says, so, when this happens, what's my job description? Uh, um, lock the doors? I, <laughs> We began dreaming, and, and, and this is something that the, the Lord has been stirring in, in, inside of both of us. So there's been these uh, even unspoken questions that are, are, arise in the conversation over the last three plus years together. And, and so the, the, the question of if Pastor Bob has a desire to stay on board, what, what an opportunity for, for me um, in some of my peer conversations uh, there, there is almost a standing ovation in uh, my peers in what is taking place possibly here at Hyde Wesleyan Church. They see such uniqueness and God stuff in this. That Pastor Bob is willing to surrender the lead pastor position. Something that we, we've, we've talked about this in some of our circles. He doesn't have to do this. He, he could. He is, he is well-loved. Amen. He, yeah. <laughs> to go Hollywood on us, he could ride this thing out into the sunset, right? I mean, we, we know that. We, it's a real possibility, and yet I believe he is being led by the Lord in such a way that he knows he, knows he could do that. But he desires such... God things for Hyde Wesleyan Church that he's willing to have this conversation. And, and so we, we've begun the conversation about what, what does his role look like beyond locking up and opening up the church. And, and, and a conversation has come out of that, of Pastor Bob's gifts and his abilities. And, and there's something along the line. We don't, have, we don't have a job description on paper. We've got some working conversations and we've got some working outlines, but there's, I don't, I don't have a job description, so I'm not giving him one. <laughs> There's a conversation out of this coming a, a term that, that I'm calling mission pastor. Mission pastor. Maybe you're thinking that I'm misspeaking there. That missions pastor is more traditional, more of a conversation, more of a typical title, especially within our, our Wesleyan tradition and our, our historical context. Missions pastor. But there's a conversation that's been stirring inside of my heart my whole life that missions with an S has existed within my church experience my whole life and missions always equaled um, 
overseas experiences and weird food dishes and funny languages and missionaries visiting. But in reality, we are, as the church, the be his hands and feet reality of who we are as a church is that we are all on mission to be gospel presenters. We are ambassadors. We are all missionaries. You've heard that language. And we are seeking to continue to uh, put forth the reminder to us as a church that everything we do is while we are on mission. Yeah, there's a team leaving on Wednesday, and they are going overseas on mission. They are going on a short-term mission. Just like yesterday for two hours. 33 trunks. 1,100 people. We were on mission together as a church. And so this conversation about what does it look like to be on mission includes overseas experiences. It includes faith promise giving. It includes teams going out from our church and being on mission together in weird places like Swaziland where God is moving. It also includes things like Family Fun Day and Beast Feast and Harvest Fest and a cool car show and things we don't know about yet. One guy's excited about car shows, Boyd. <laughs> God is on the move. And we're going to join him on mission. And, and so in this conversation, Pastor Bob and I have developed this idea that what if he took the charge of keeping us on mission? Uh, what, 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 if, what if his reminder, what if his job description included things like developing more teams to go in weirder places? And developing teams to take the lead on, e equipping teams to be on mission in things we haven't even thought of yet. It's a conversation we've had since I've been here. Do you know what my official title is at Hyde Wesleyan Church? I'm the pastor of leadership development. It's kind of a cool term. We developed it. We made it up. <laughs> and the goal in Pastor Bob and I talking, when he first called and, and told me that he had, and I knew, I knew Dave and Melinda, they're good friends of mine. When he told me that they had resigned, I already knew that news. And, and I thought he was calling me to ask me to be a children's and youth pastor. And I'm like, nope, not it. And he told me that Hyde Wesleyan Church is uniquely gifted in that some of, our, some of our gifts exist right out here. And that he has a desire to see those gifts used for the kingdom. And if it means not hiring a youth pastor and a children's pastor in the traditional sense and allowing the church to take the lead in those areas, that's what he saw. And that's honestly what I see. And Pastor Bob's desire is to continue to uh, see those teams exist and be equipped to do the work of the church. We've, we, we, we've just recently reminded ourselves of Ephesians chapter 4. I want to read this to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says this. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors or shepherds, and teachers. And verse 12 says, their responsibility, the responsibility of the pastors and teachers, the shepherds of the flock, are to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Equip. 
as mission pastor, as an assistant pastor, my desire is for Pastor Bob. I, I, I can't wait to have in the smaller office If the Lord would so choose. <laughs> a 32-year veteran consultant about leading a church. And not just a consultant that I can go to and say, hey, what do you, help me out. But a guy who is on mission for Jesus and wanting to continue serving the Lord through his his church and to give him responsibilities to ask him to lead in areas where the church can continue to grow and experience what it means to be a lighthouse in our community and the world I'm pumped I'm pumped about what God could be doing well our time's getting away from us a little here this morning but I just want to share you know Stephen as lead pastor if that is what you choose this morning, is exactly what he'll be, all right? He will be my pastor. He will be the one that we will look to for leadership. He will be the one that will be sharing from God's word. He will be the one that will be doing the vision casting, will help us find the next level, um, in many ways, I feel like I have taken this congregation as far as I can take it. And we need to be willing as leaders to trust the next generation. If we don't, we really commit our, our structures to, to just go by the wayside. Because one of these days, whether I like it or not, I'm going to be in the ground somewhere. All right, that's just the reality of life. And so if we don't prepare and support those who come uh, the, behind us, we really do ourselves a disservice. And so I've been very intentional in this, that we need to transfer leadership to another generation. I appreciate Stebbins heart. I appreciate his vision. I appreciate uh, his the leadership that I have seen him as, as he ha, has led. Um, I know this morning as we will have the vote here in a minute, um, a yes vote on that ballot is not a no vote for Bob, okay? A yes vote on that ballot is really a yes vote for my leadership and what I have done up to this point. Uh, sometimes we like to, you know, the world always wants to paint things in, you know, the two things, and you gotta choose between one, and the one negates the other. That's not what this is about. Um, I see it as the fulfillment of my leadership if this happens the way that I have dreamt it to have, be happening here. Um, I, I do want to say this. When this happens, if it happens the way we 
hope it will here, and this transition takes place. I will be working under Stevin. And I know that there will be things that may happen that you may say, man, I can't believe he's doing that. Or I wish he was doing that. You used to do this. If you come to me with any of that directed at him, that will be a vote for me to leave. I will not be here if in any way my being here undermines his leadership. I would love to stay here for as long as he and you would have me, but I will not do anything that will undermine the leadership of whoever follows me. And so, yes, there'll be things that will be different. There'll be some things that I said, why in the world is he doing that? <laughs> but I will follow him and I will support him. And if you ever hear me saying anything in a negative way, you call me out. Because I only want what is best for the kingdom. And I believe this is best for the kingdom. Anything else you have to say? No, I, I <laughs> did you hear that? I think I heard it, but uh, let me say this. Someone else asked, and I kind of said something like that. I, I will still be a pastor, and I will still serve you, but I will not do anything to undermine his leadership. I'll still be there for counsel. I'll still be there to serve. I'll still be there to do your memorial service if you want <laughs> But I truly mean that from my heart. Um, so, you know, I've said it, and I think you know what I mean. I think all of us wonder, we've been asked this, what's going to change immediately? And the, 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 the time frame of things, there's, there's, one of the beauties of, of this kind of a transition is because this has been a part of the conversation, some of the things were asked uh, of me even this week. Like, what's going to happen as soon as this happens? The reality is, in, ten minutes, in, in two minutes, three minutes, however long it takes Sam to say some words, we're going to vote. You're going to vote. Members and non-members will vote. And at the end of this service, we're going to find out the result of that vote. Tomorrow, nothing changes officially. Uh, but if this is a yes vote, then in... May, the first Sunday in May, at the beginning of our new church calendar year, church year, the roles will change. And the beauty of uh, some of our relationship, our working relationship, and the beauty of these months that we have together remaining, except for the fact that he's leaving the country in three days. <laughs> well, this goes south. Convenient. <laughs> convenient. You just read into that. The beauty of a transitional period is that we get to work together towards some continued changes. And one of the questions was, well, what are you going to change as soon as you become lead pastor, if you become lead pastor? I, I, I don't know. I, pastor Bob has given me the keys to the kingdom when I first got here. 
like, like he shared with us. He has said, hey, if you want to you do something crazy, let's do something crazy, and I'll take the fall for it. He's not lying. I mean, he's telling you the truth. He, he has done that, and we, we've done some fun stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know all that God is going to continue to do. There's some preaching style differences, and there's one of us is better dressed than the other. Most of the time. I taught him how to roll up his sleeves. You guys proud of him? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. One other thing I just I forgot that I was going to mention. Um... One of the things the board has done is that they have offered to give me a sabbatical, which I think is important not just for me and my health, emotional and all that that sabbatical does, but sometime between the end, uh, well, this is what they have done. They've offered me four months of sabbatical that I have to take three months of it consecutively and if I want to I can keep the other month to another year Um, but I have to take the three months between May and the end of next year that I think will be healthy for you it will be healthy for seven to have a little bit of space where I'm not around where you're not looking at me to see what I think about it but that it will just give some time for Steven to, to um, uh, establish himself as leader. And so I think that that will be good. I appreciate it, and uh, we're looking forward to that time. And, um, but uh, someone just had just mentioned to me that maybe I should share that with, with you. S- Sam, you're going to come, and he's going to lead us in, in the procedure for vote. And uh, then we are going to have communion. I know this is a little longer than we normally go, but if you would bear with us. um, Today was the day that we were scheduled to have communion, and I just felt that we should just continue, leave it in in place. I know it makes a little longer here, but um, this is really about the kingdom, and it's really focused on who God is and what he wants to do here. So we're just going to worship him here in a few minutes after we vote, give the tellers a little bit of time to to count that and report back to us. And so that's what we're going to do here in a minute. Okay, I would like to call the uh, the folks that I've, uh, uh, what do we call them, tellers. Yeah, come on up please. If you are a member of the Hyde Wesleyan Church and you did not receive a blue ballot, if you are on the board or on the on the membership roll and you did not receive a blue ballot could you please raise your hand at this point okay in this vote we are going to also uh, non-members are going to vote so if you are a non-member 18 or older and part of this congregation please raise your hand to receive a ballot and these fine men and Ladies, we'll come around and get you one. Okay, at this time, uh, I'd ask you to go to the Lord in prayer with me. And just one more time, how about, how much does God love this community? 
given us such great leadership in both these guys. Praise God for his love and mercy. Lord, we come to you today, Father, and we thank you for everything you have given us in this church, Lord. We thank you for blessing us with these leaders in both Pastor Bob and Pastor Stevan and their families, Lord, who serve this church every day. Lord, we thank you for every brother and sister in this room, Lord, right now. I thank you for my church family. We thank you for your guidance in all of this, Lord. We thank you for your wisdom. We pray now that you will give us that wisdom, Lord, in this congregation, choosing the future of this church, Lord. We thank you for its past, Lord. We thank you for its present, Lord, and we so look forward to serving in the future, Lord. We just pray that you will be in the hearts of everyone as they make this decision today, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, praise team. Just got the opportunity to speak to the sheets committee. Pray with him. Step into office. Have the vote totals and uh, it's like Bernie Owens will be our new lead pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Lord and for allowing Him to lead us. I was reminded this week the powerful reminder that no matter what happens in a vote, no matter what happens in a transition, no matter who the lead pastor is, we know, Hyde Wesleyan Church, that Jesus is the lead 
of this church. I'm excited. I'm excited at the confirmation that God is doing incredible things. He is leading and guiding and doing. And I'm humbled to be a part of it. I'm honored to be used by him. I ask that you pray. This is the beginning of the next steps for us. And I want us to pray fervently that God clears our hearts and our heads to hear from him in what and how we are to serve. Would you stand with me as we close? In as official a way I can, I accept your call to serve as your lead pastor. Let's pray. God, lead us. And use us to fulfill your will on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the strength and the wisdom to know your will and to act upon it. I thank you, Lord, for my family for the team I have in my family and for the ways you have called us to serve you. And Lord, I thank you for our church, for this part of your beautiful body. Thank you for Hyde Wesleyan Church. Thank you for the unique gifts you have given to us for the DNA of this body of believers and for how, Lord, you are leading in our midst. I ask for you to use us. We sacrifice ourselves again today. We commit to being a sacrifice before you. Use us to fulfill your will. We pray these things and your added blessings upon them in the name of Jesus and God's people said, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.